This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Here's <laughs> the Chelsea fan show here on Love Sport, uh, Jay Watson. Um, as I'm sure you heard over the last hour, so in for, for Johnny Burrow. Johnny will be back next week. I hope, I hope that's OK for you. If it's not, well... Um, I don't know what else to suggest. It'd have to be me, yeah. Jake. Oh, yeah, we could swap. God help you. We could you swap. All. I could be your Chelsea expert. You could, yeah. No, I couldn't. Um, as you <laughs> Anybody <heard>. can, mate. <laughs> Stanford Chidge uh, is in the studio with me. And we have a, a special guest. Mm. Chidgey, do you want to introduce who we have joining us this evening in the Love Sports studio? I, I would love to. Yeah, it's a, a very old and great friend of mine. From Chelsea. Old. Waving, no, old, old, old as in terms of, you know, longevity of knowing Rick. But uh, Rick, Rick Glanville, who is the official Chelsea historian, has been since 2006. Many people will know Rick, of course, as a, as a Chelsea author. He's written some absolutely brilliant books, including uh, The Complete Record, uh, which is one of my favourite, favourite Chelsea books, The Chelsea Miscellany and the official Chelsea biography. He's also, of course, uh, a resident of Gate 17 and the Matthew Harding Upper, <laughs> which, as everybody knows, there are people in the Amazon Elite. rainforest who have yet to be discovered who know that that's where all the Chelsea celebrities sit. Isn't that right, Rick? Yeah, it's the section that John Lennon was referring to when he said, rattle your jewellery at that gig. Ooh. Ooh, I should remember that one. So there you go. Rick, would it be um, bordering illegal or certainly... Um, What's it? Where's this going? No, 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 no. <laughs> Stay with me here. If you were to go on Mastermind and have Chelsea as your specialist subject... Oh, well, Ooh, good question. Is, is that allowed? Since you are an official historian. Well, I feel like you're cheating. Actually, Jake, I have uh, coached someone on Mastermind. <gasps> yeah. Not live, whose, whose subject was Chelsea Football Club. And how did they do? Rubbish. <laughs> Don't tell me. See if you can see if you can guess who it was. What it, what it, you know, I was thinking no. it's my mate. Who was it? Who was it? Paul. No, not Paul. 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 Paul Cannaval or Mastermind. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, not that Paul. Paul, if you're listening, I'm winking. That's good for radio. Isn't oh, it? Yeah. Right. No, I was thinking. Uh, it you was know, Omid Jalili. It was, was Omid. Was yes. it really? That's appalling. Cele- celebrity Mastermind. Do you know what? We did. In fact, Omid, you still owe me a meal for it. That was my was that a payment? Yes. Um, well, maybe, maybe he won't pay you because he didn't do very well, mate. <laughs> you know, it wasn't very good coaching. It was. It? it was brilliant. He he sort of contacted me and said, Rick, 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 I'm going on uh, Celebrity Mastermind, especially subject Chelsea in the Roman Abramovich era. Can you do a sort of a? Uh, can you set me up with some questions and things? I said, How do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Like a proper mastermind. Du, 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 du. <laughs> I said, do you want to sit in a black chair? Where you, you know, where? He said, yeah, 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 let's do it like that. And he was touring at the time. Mm. Um, I think he, I'm trying to think what he was in. Um, uh, he was touring anyway, so it was difficult to, to track him down and go through them. But I would ring him up and we would do, I think it's two minutes, and I would do it in, you know, no passes, all that kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. Assume actually, the proper role. <laughs> we did about... He said he wanted to do it once. I think we ended up doing about 10 of these. So I wrote loads of questions. And um, uh, actually, he did really well. By the end, he was getting sort of 12, 13 Not bad. Right. Yeah. 
and I think he got three. <laughs> and in fact, one of them, and I you predicted... You can stage fright, can you, as, as an excuse for Ahmed, <laughs> no. can you? I, th- I think he probably took the Sarri route, and that was the route of his downfall. Too many passes, mate. <laughs> yeah, and oh, I, I th- very good. Hang on. Hang like on I'm here that. all week. That was yeah. good. I like that. And I think he dedicated <laughs> his loss to the Jane Austen fans, a bit like Sarri dedicating his <laughs> victory to, to the Napoli fans. Yes, but. Indeed. The thing was, he, he uh, it just it was sad to see. Sorry, Omid, but it was sad to see a, a grown man crumble, <laughs> especially when the Mark Schwarzer question came up. I was going to say there, there were some there really obvious. Yeah, Jake, you're absolutely right. There were some that I thought they would they would definitely. I, I flagged it. I said they'll definitely ask for this one. <laughs> Oldest player to play for Chelsea. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, but I knew it was bad when the first <laughs> question was something like, "Who announced his?" Uh, arrival at Stamford Bridge by saying, I am not from the bottle, I am the special one. And he didn't get it right. Oh, Omid! I can't believe it! No. Unbelievable. Stage, stage fright. I know, wow. I, I can't believe that. Anyway, well. Yeah. But he's a, uh, no, yeah. he's a great bloke, Omid, and he really does know he's Chelsea. Oh, he's proper Chelsea. Really no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. He's a good lad, Omid. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But clearly no. not very good at quizzes. No, clearly no. not. Um, so, t- long, long answer. But, you know, no, I liked it. That's the mastermind. Yes, I'd, I'd love to go on masterminders again. I'd pick a special subject of my football club from a certain era, but obviously, just general knowledge is just yeah. I would, there, do, there, there I would do the history of Clerkenwell, not Chelsea. I just want to point out at this juncture uh, that uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust annual quiz after the AGM has been won by me and my team more times than anybody else. <laughs> I still have I still have the trophy at home. Actually. Masterminders calling. Yeah. Masterminders calling. Well, I beat all the other co-presenters on the Brophy Show when I've been on it. Much they're annoyed. That, I'm, I'm, talk, talk to Mort's about it. He's okay. still he's still sore about it now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, should we talk about Frank Lampard? Yes. Yeah. Oof, I mean, yes. It's, it's it's a bit of a weird one. I'm working in radio over the last month. Every well, every unexpected. Yeah. Well, <laughs> every every afternoon, it's been. Oh, what we're we going to talk about on tomorrow's show? And Chidge, you know, I've contacted you a number of Did, times. Yeah, yeah. yeah let, let, can we talk about Frank Lampard tomorrow? Got a feeling the announcement's going to happen. <laughs> um, you know, and it's the same questions each time. And I, I kind of don't want to necessarily go over no. all of those ones. And has anything changed now that has happened? Because we all knew this was happening for such a long time. Did, did, it, did it almost take any of the kind of the, the buzz and excitement away from no. when it actually happened? No. Well, I mean, I watched the presser, as did many people. Wrote an article, uh, not just about the presser today, but I'm struck by the huge goodwill and the absolute. De- I don't think I've seen this much joy and delight amongst Chelsea supporters since Roman bought the club I mean that that's how big it is I think Rick isn't it I think but we we didn't really know what we were getting yeah. when Roman took over and it was a it was exciting yeah true enough helped us out of a bind but we didn't know what to expect but the great thing about having uh Frank Lampard taking over even in a different capacity is we know what we're going to get Frank was the most hard-working mm. professional you'll ever come across this is a man who's uh, you know, people are doubting his experience, but this is—he's had people doubting him his entire career. When he was sixteen, seventeen, he had uh, idiots at uh, fan events yeah. saying Scott Cannon was a better player, <laughs> yeah. and, and saying, "Have you, know, you heard he... of Scott Cannon, mate? <laughs> Come on!" <laughs> Actually, I did another favour for Omid Jalili for his book because he's interviewing—he's uh, <laughs> interviewing Frank Lampard, and he asked me to supply some questions. So one of my questions was 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 Scott Canham a better player than you? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but so that that happened then. Yeah. Uh, at West Ham, when he arrived at Chelsea, two thousand and one, he'd been there. D- d- slow start. Established himself in two thousand and two three. In two thousand and three, Roman takes over, and everyone starts doubting him again. And that was yeah. a question that was asked at the press conference yesterday. Did he? Did it uh, ring any bells with him? Really? And he said, "Yes, I've had to face this." again and it did feel like that that people doubt him and there's you know uh, I've been working for Chelsea uh, since 1993 and I've never seen someone uh, that uh, like Frank Lampard year on year in the close season when most people are like you know Deli Alley on his sunbed and being helped out by minders <laughs> that's what most footballers do <laughs> where you're holding Sorry, up the front page of the sun um he used to talk to his dad and talk to his uncle and say, what am I not doing well enough? And it could be something like you're not using your left foot enough or you're, you need to add a 
10 yard a burst of pace you need to be turning quicker whatever it was and he would focus on that aspect of his game and he would drill so hard that when he came through it would improve his game he what didn't become our top goal scorer by accident and one of our all-time greatest players this is someone who's worked and overcome adversity the whole time and i think anyone who doubts uh, him now with the experience he's had at every level as a player and surrounding himself with a lot of experienced coaches this combination of youth and experience that the, that they're bringing i mean, it's so exciting yeah. Yeah. i mean are there any doubts at all because I, <clears throat> you, you do that's about what um i mean for me i i've always I've always massively rated and, and liked Frank. As, mm. as I mean, it's hard to it's hard to dislike him. You know, even if you're not a Chelsea fan, which 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 I'm not. However, I, I just w- when players get to the last ranges of their career, and you're thinking, oh, they'll be a great manager. I never really thought it mm. with, with Frank. I always thought he would go into media, um, and he'd be a very good. Which he did for a yeah, bit. Yeah, which he'd be very good at it. My my question mark over Frank has, has always been kind of that ability to. To, to rile and, and give the kind of hair dryer treatment, which I think a manager needs to have the, the ability of. It needs to be there. You know, ma- players need to know that if I do not do this, he will come down on me hard. Yeah. Um, but does that, I, does, my, that my wash, question, does that wash? Sorry, go on. Ask your no, question. No, no. My, my question, Mark, has, has always been about that with, with, with Frank. Yeah. And would he, he do he, that? He did a decent job at, at Derby. I, I don't know. I just he, he still mm. feels a little bit like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, just too mm. nice. Well, I, I I don't necessarily accept that. I mean, I think you know one of the things that we've been sorely lacking uh, predominantly funnily enough since the team that Jose built including Frank at the heart of it all retired is anybody really in and around the squad with that single-minded attitude that will to win that leadership if you like and clearly Frank is a leader but leaders come in many different styles and I, I do wonder I mean a lot of this comment about oh well he's really inexperienced he's really green he's too young it's an absolute load of errant nonsense because I think what we've seen over the last few years is that the disconnect between the modern day footballer, the young modern day footballer, and uh, I think actually yeah. we, we could say yeah, that really most, good point. If you're a manager over the age of fifty, then you're probably a, a, a yadar. You're a yadar. Jose Mourinho could be too yeah. old to understand the current generation. They, they, you know, they will remember having seen Frank Lampard as a player, and they will respect that because the, he has done everything and achieved everything in the game. So number one, they'll respect him, but also I think that they respond better to you know a more quieter, more considered management style. You know, you, you, you shout at a kid these days, they just turn their back Can't on you. Can't get away with it, can you? No. They're not going to be intimidated. You know, they probably earn more than you. <laughs> you know, and they're better at FIFA. Yeah. You know, so, you know what, you know, so actually I think right here, right now in the modern uh, era of football, an appointment like Frank actually is probably very shrewd. Whereas Sarri was completely out of touch with the, the younger players, I think. Didn't really understand them. They didn't really understand him. And I'm not digging out Sarri here. I think a lot of managers of that generation are going to find it increasingly difficult. I think it's a really good point. I think, as I was just saying, I think Jose Mourinho even has found it difficult yeah. to relate to... Uh, you saw it at Manchester United, to relate to this new generation, the social media uh, yeah. era yeah. Uh, of footballers. And... I know that we talk about the hairdryer and we talk about the uh, uh, managers, uh, coaches losing it, but is that effective? Is it just something that sticks in the memory? Did it actually spur people on to, to do better in the second half? Isn't it better? I think to... it's just more be, being the, the but, players know who's boss. You know, you don't have to scream and shout. That aura of that leader. Yeah, I can see what you exactly. mean there, Jay. I agree with that. Now, it's interesting. If you talk to, as I have, to all of the players that were with... Uh, Frank Lampard in the dressing room as a player mm. and he was captain don't forget in the Champions League and the Europa League um, they all say that he actually as a captain and, and as a leader he was relatively quiet yeah. he wasn't the kind of person who would shout all the time and you know put his fists up and things the time that you would hear from uh, from Frank Lampard was where, was in adversity when ty- when things were going wrong and when people just needed to hear some things you know and it was all positive it was like, we can still do this and this is what we have to do to do it. So I think that, for me, is uh, that's timeless. And I still think that, that will work. that's worked from the 50, you know, 30s, 50s, whatever, in the dressing rooms. And I still think that, that uh, that's relevant now. And I think the fact that he, he is still, you know, he could still put on a... Tra- he looked great yesterday, didn't he, by the way? He always now, looks had- great, Rick. He always <laughs> looks great, to- you know that. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, you know, we. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> my son, uh, my son, my son photoshopped uh, an image of Frank uh, doing the press conference yesterday with his glasses on top of his oh, head, yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, Maurizio yes, Sarri. Yeah. <laughs> on his joke, hair, yes, you know, yeah, yeah, the Eric Morecambe thing on it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, as brilliant. a as a joke. But no, he looked great. Uh, I, the th- you know, the thing is, Jake, we're in a difficult position, Chelsea, at the moment. We've got a, uh, a two-window transfer ban. Yep. Um, we've lost our star player, our most productive player for the last few years. We've actually got a plethora of of players injured for the start of the season. We have the addition of uh, commitment of the Champions League, which you can't rest players for. It's a serious competition. Um, there's a disconnect and the terraces between the supporters and the, and the club and the, and the coach. And I'm thinking now... Who else could you have in that position that would unify uh, mm. everyone there? And who would bring all of that stuff together successfully uh, and meld it all together and, and, and create a, a club going, a, a teamwork and everything going forward other than Frank and Jody and Joe Edwards and all these people? There, there isn't a better person to do it. No, it does feel right, doesn't it? We've got some breaking Wimbledon news, by the way. We have been doing updates from the game involving the 15-year-old uh, Corey Goff. Uh, she has won. Um, she's won in three sets. Yeah, so 3-6, 7-6, 7-5. She broke on the final game of the third set uh, to beat Polana Herzog. Uh, earlier on in the second set, get this, she defended match points um, twice in two different games in that second set. So yeah, she was a set and facing match points down in the second set but has turned things around and gone on to win the game. An absolutely remarkable achievement by a 15-year-old. She will go into the second week of Wimbledon. Uh, but up next, we will continue to talk about Frank Lampard here on the Chelsea Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. From Ali to Zaha, we've got it covered. Love Sport Radio. It is Love Sport and it's the Chelsea Fan Show. Jake Watson here for Johnny Burrow this evening. We've got Stanford Chidge and uh, Chelsea official Historian is official, uh, Rick Glanville. Official, mate. Official. He's got with, it branded with a, with on him. You. Do, yes, official. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget it. Right, we're talking about Frank Lampard, naturally. Um, we've done kind of the impact. We're all very happy. We all believe uh, that he is the right man at the right time for this gig. So I suppose we, we kind of slightly alluded to at the back end of the last segment, the things to do uh, that he has. He's got to unite the fans, which I think will almost happen he does that naturally yeah exactly which I think will naturally happen but on the pitch what does he need to do we talk about we all know we've got this transfer window ban we all know we've we've lost Eden Hazard he he is going into a very challenging time at the football club and again I don't want to keep biting on about it but it's a manager with not a lot of experience so it's, it's a huge challenge it, it is, uh, and there's no getting away from that. Frank, I think himself, you know, dealt with that admirably in in the presser yesterday. But you know, just because you don't have any experience, and just because you've only been doing a job for a short time, doesn't mean that you don't have the ability or the talent to do it. And I thought his point about the fact that there are plenty of experienced managers who have come a cropper at Chelsea and other clubs as well, and he's dead right. And I think the other thing, you know, there's been a lot of. Uh, you know, there has been a lot of positivity in the media. Let's be very honest and frank yeah, about definitely. that. I mean, Henry Winter, for example, being yeah. one of many. But there have also been some kind of naysayers out there too. You know, well, you know, Frank shouldn't have taken the job on. He should have waited because he's had a bit more experience. It's absolute rubbish. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't want to blow you can't smoke. Can't turn it down ever. No, I don't no, want to blow smoke out of my own rear end and, and make it all about me. But I, I've applied and done plenty of jobs. I mean, my first break in television when I started producing TV, I'd never produced anything in my life. No, that's it. I was that's old. Thing, I was it? old, and they just presumed I had, and I never, <laughs> I never disabused them of that theory. <laughs> if you're good enough, it doesn't matter what age or how much experience you've got. Mm. Period. Yeah, I think the other thing we have to remember is that this is a. Uh, I know Jake said that he, he, you didn't envisage him being a, a manager. I did, and I think he did. I think he said mm. I was at the, uh, the presser yesterday. Very interesting. Um, firstly, because I, I bumped into him before the presser, and obviously I used to feed Paul Dutton and myself used to feed him statistics when he was a player, you know, and I used to sometimes see him before a game and say, if you score today, it'll be uh, the, this will be the team you've scored most goals against. And he'd go, oh, brilliant, thanks, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, there's a, a clip of me seeing him on uh, after we won the Champions League and hugging that's on YouTube and stuff. So it was lovely to see him again, and I said to him, Create history again, Frank. This is what you've got to do. And he was just so excited, so nervously excited. He couldn't stop smiling. Um, and I think he feels he's in the place that 
where he belongs. I think he feels he's definitely up to the task of it. But I think what we're overlooking, everyone's looking at Frank Lampard, we're overlooking mm, Jody Morris, right. Joe Edwards, Eddie Newton's coming in. There's a there's a, a new crew as well. Petr Cech has come yeah, in as yeah. a, an advisor. Uh, Makaleli is in as an academy advocate and things like this. It feels like a real, quite a sea change. I was going to say, at it, the club. It, this, this is, it's never been like this before, has it? No. These aren't a group of people you can just move on within a year, is there? No, it feels like uh, Roman Abramovich, since he came in, he wanted to create an identity for the club. Now, initially, this was money bags, Chelsea, Chelsky, all this sort of stuff, mm. splashing the cash to really uh, create the backbone, the spine of a team that would last for a, you know, a dynasty, really. And um, he was pretty successful in that. But I think sort of maybe six, seven years ago, he wanted to sort of take that onto another level, integrate lots of these brilliant and subsequently record-breaking uh, academy players they win everything they're the most successful academy ever um you've got to integrate that and i think he's wanted to do that but occasionally uh you know i I was saying to chidge we are as a club we're half cavalier half roundhead you know we want to be this charismatic free-flying football team but we're pragmatists and we need to win things that's what's made us the most successful club in the last 25 years I think now this is a, an opportunity with this transfer ban for them to say, now let's integrate the youth, let's make this, let's make it a much more holistic approach. That's the revolution that's happening. That's the sea change that's taking place. So Hazard is gone. You cannot replace him we're, we're, with a, a transfer, 100 million quid. Do we have someone or do we have enough within the squad to fill that void. Well, we, we, we don't have another Adam Hazard. No. No other side would. I mean, it's just a fact of life. You know, these players are some of the best in the world and, and they, are, they are irreplaceable. But again, I thought Frank dealt with that really well in the presser. Um, I, I agree with him and I think this is very much overlooked in all of the brouhaha about the fact that it's Frank and he's inexperienced. You know, about 80 to 90% of that squad are, are, are winners. They have yeah. won yeah. Premier Leagues. They've won FA Cups. I mean, Pedro's won more than most football teams. Has won on his, he's got 23 <laughs> trophies. Yeah. He's won about three Champions League or even more. You know, so there is an astonishing uh, amount of uh, winners in that squad. Uh, no, there isn't a world-class player like Hazard. Absolutely. But, it, you know, this is a team that only a couple of years ago won the Premier League. You know, so it's a strong team. There's depth in that squad. But I think the thing that everybody's most keen about, and I think this tallies with what Rick was saying about the fact that you know, finally, Chelsea have an opportunity to do things in a different way, providing they can have the patience. And this thing, this is the key thing, yeah. patience. But finally, because of the transfer ban, they have to really look at the youth seriously. Now, as Frank said, that doesn't mean starting against Man United with 11 youth team players, but it does mean picking, you know, A, picking the best of the best and B, making them all know that they have a chance to break in. And that's something that's never happened at Chelsea because every manager that has been at the club since Roman Abramovich took over has, you know, really, you know, it's, it's self-preservation. They cannot afford to pit the youth because their job is on the line and they know they get sacked if they don't finish in the top four. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, with the circumstances that we find ourselves in and the fact that we have Frank as a manager, that will change. And I think that's absolutely fundamental to what's going on there at the moment. It's a meritocracy, I think. Yeah. That's that's the feeling that you get. That um, it and this doesn't. He was at pains to point out that there is a path uh, between the academy literally. building, literally a path between yes. the academy building at Cobham and the the, the first team building, mm. and you have to earn the rights. Yeah. You can walk yeah. across there any time, but in order to play and establish yourself in the first team. You know, there's no free passes for people. Just because you're a a name at under 17, under 18, mm. under 19, that doesn't mean that you're there. But what it means is that they are now looking. I would take issue, actually, there could possibly be uh, not a next Eden Hazard, but people that can step up and really establish themselves as superstars. I would say Callum Hudson-Odoi, yeah. Pulisic, even he's... He, he could be uh, a, a very effective player for us. And when it comes down to it, you're looking for replacing the goals and the assists. And there are 
plenty of players that we've got in that team. Well, there's a very good case to be made. I mean, you know, Rick and I, you know, drink in the same pub before matches. So I quite mm. have a catch up there. Of course, I never remember anything, you know, after <laughs> for obvious reasons. But um, there's often, often a discussion about William, who's a bit of a Marmite yeah. player at, yeah. at Chelsea. Mm. But there's a very good case to be made that actually William's game has been hampered by the fact that Hazard plays on yes, the left. Absolutely. You know, the number of time William plays when Hazard has been injured and he plays in Cutting his real in. position on the left, you know, he does very, very well. Well, there is no Hazard now. Mm. It'll be really interesting to see how William does without Hazard there. And, you know, William is also, by the way, people, one of the longest-serving Chelsea mm. players in the current squad. Mm. I mean, Louise, I would say an Aspie. Well, Louise, certainly. Aspie, yeah. But, of yeah. course, Louise had his little kind of, yeah, you know, dis- holiday. Yeah. yeah, he did. So, you know... Sabbatical. It, that's yeah. the one. Thank you. That, you knew I was struggling to remember the word. It's, it's, it's you know, it's my kind of age, really. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, it, there are things like that. And, and, and everybody wants to, to see people like Loft, Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi do well. I, I'm still a bit worried about how they come back from their injuries. But they've clearly got the potential, and it would be lovely to see that happen. But uh, you know, Cal- uh, uh, Ruben's boot came off yesterday. Yeah, he's on. He's yeah. on target, uh, possibly early November. And I heard Callum's injury is not as bad as uh, no. Ruben Loftus Cheeks. No, it? and also he's slightly ahead of yeah. schedule, which is handy to know. And you know, we're playing these games. The, the, the squad flew out to Ireland today for these two a training camp and see, two that's matches. That's a tour in. I'd love to go on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but for the wrong yeah. reasons. Oh, really? for the wrong That's reasons. Why you're not in the Chelsea squad. <laughs> Probably just as well. Do you really, still drink in this? Uh, in the winter. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Lager in the summer, winter, winter drink is Guinness. But it's an interesting squad that flew mm. out there because yeah, it is. in amongst the youngsters like the Lewis Bakers, some of these are forgotten stars of our uh, our academy. And um, uh, you've got uh, Lucas Piazon. Um, and he's got to be one of the longest seven players in the club. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and he obviously, you know, he's he's been in, in and out. And Danny Drinkwater, who, <laughs> and uh, Timo ba- uh, Bakayoko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a month. This is what Frank was saying. There's a month for all of these players to state their case, and it's like without prejudice, we will assess you, and if we think you're good enough then you're in. Mm. Um, I brought you the news earlier that Corey Goff has gone through the 15-year-old uh, Wimbledon um, well, superstar. Now she's into the second week. But as wonderful as that is, what it does mean is that Andy Murray and Serena Williams' first match as their doubles partnership in the mixed uh, has been postponed. They were set to be last on um, one of the show courts this evening because of that comeback, because that went on significantly longer than expected. That is now going to be played uh, tomorrow. But Serena's in the singles uh, and Andy is in the men's doubles. So we'll have to wait and see how that works out. But if you were hoping to see Andy Murray uh, and Serena Williams in their mixed doubles game this evening, that is now not going to be happening. But anyway, uh, back to Chelsea. It's the Chelsea Fan Show in Love. But when we come back, uh, we are going to delve into what Rick does on a day-to-day basis as (laughs) the official Chelsea historian. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> where do I sign up, Jidge? 
Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Love sports. Welcome back to the Chelsea. I even said five. I know, I'm I even sorry. Said, I'm sorry. Come on. Never let the schedule get in the way of a good game. Okay, <laughs> well, would, would you want to finish it off? I did, but oh. it's not something really for air. So if you heard it, I'm sorry, people. Sorry, lawyers. Apologies for not only talking over the intro, but also if you heard any inappropriate words. No, I didn't say anything. The meaning was okay. Okay. Well, anyway, it's the Chelsea fan show. Everyone loves what Stanford Judge and uh, Chelsea historian uh, Rick Glanville. So we are going to do a little section now. Uh, Rick has our special guest talk about kind of what you do on day to day basis and also pick the brains because because you. Undoubtedly, unofficially, unofficially, he knows everything. Joe. No more than he anyone. Knows no, you've got to. You've got to. You, <laughs> no, you must do. Come on, true. There can't be anyone, can there, who knows more about Chelsea Football Club than Rick? No, maybe was... the really old stuff. No, no, I, I can't even. I, you know, there's lots of stuff from the. 90s and 2000s that I yeah. don't remember because my brain's fudged. Do you know? I mean, Rick, Rick's the kind of person you know. If we lived in a in a a, a, a more advanced world, you know, like five, ten, fifteen years time, I don't know when we could all have like personal holograms that we could call up. <laughs> no, I, no, I my, definitely would be the no, Chelsea one. No, you would. Yeah. I mean, you know, my I'm, the, fa- I'm the Siri of, yeah. of Chelsea football. You, you club would be. You would that. be my favourite yeah. hologram to bring out when I'm drunk and can't remember Chelsea facts, and I've got some awful scouts saying, "Hey, you got the history, you got the history. We've won this." Thing. And I say, "Ah, oh, excuse me, call up Rick hologram." Oh, actually. Chelsea won. This is a, 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 he'd be perfect. I'd love that. Well, that's what the Chelsea miscellany was. was oh, there to, brilliant, boy. Was I love that book. It yeah. was the yeah. the antidote to all those people saying, "Ah, oh, you've got no history." It's brilliant. Pointing out all these, uh, you know, the the, the myths about uh, the club and um, pointing out well, the that we have no history. It. That's the biggest uh, gripe, no, absolutely. Yeah. But the fact that we nine times had the highest att- home league attendance. Uh, in the country, we were first to have over 30,000 and 40,000. And in 1919, I think, I can't prove this because the, it's very difficult to gather the statistics, but I believe that we had the highest home league attendance average in the world. Okay. Higher than the, anyone in the Bundesliga or the La Liga or in South America, any of those countries. Um, and I haven't been able to get all the statistics from all these other countries but that's that's my conjecture but also you know what i, I said <laughs> i was saying about we're, we're cavalier and roundhead for 50 years we were definitely cavalier we won <laughs> we were True. pretty mm. attractive yeah. uh, handsome teams musical spent loads and loads and won nothing uh, for 50 years and then for the what is it 65 years since then or something mm. you know we've kind of uh, we've been a, one of the most successful clubs in the in the country, and it's remarkable, really. One of the things that you know, because I, I, I kind of like you know, you have these weird inner dialogue thoughts when you're driving <laughs> up to you know. Where's this going? To, to, no, it's not going anywhere <laughs> unsafe. Don't worry. But I, I was thinking in that kind of moment. Oh God, what happens if Rick doesn't show tonight? And I've got you know, it'd just be me, and I've got to talk about. <laughs> ch- and then I suddenly remember that I've read everything that Rick has done probably three <laughs> times. You, and, you and, probably say yeah. you wrote it. Now, you should have had Chich. me doing mastermind, and not, <laughs> yeah. not, not, not no, Homie. You know, you, you, you could definitely no, no passes here, mate. You'd remember them. Two footers, but <laughs> no passes. You know, <laughs> honestly. But uh, you know, I, I I remember reading. Uh, Probably the the biography of Chelsea, but mm. really, but I, the two thousand and five. Yeah, you yeah. know the the lovely stuff you wrote about people like Tommy Lawton and uh, Huey Gallagher, which I didn't really knew, know much about. But it kind of made me realise that Chelsea has never changed. <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> no, has what? always been the same kind of club, buying flash players that don't yes. really deliver anything. It's so you right. Know. The the first overseas superstar in English football was Nils Middlebow, yeah. who we signed in 1913. And the reason we signed him was he'd won, or I think yeah. he came second in the star player of the Olympics in 1912. Yeah. So, and, and I remember Always. when, yeah. uh, in the Africa Cup of Nations, um, I'm trying to think, who was the camera? Roger Miller. Yeah. The Cameroon star who's, you know, dancing, dancing at the yeah, corner yeah. flag and everything like that. Who was linked with trying to put in a bid for him Chelsea of course, course. we were <laughs> and uh, I remember Johan Cruyff guested for yeah. New York Cosmos at, at Stamford Bridge and Brian Mears put in a bid to try and sign him 
uh, Joe Payne scored 10 goals for Luton. Who put in a bid? We did, and we got him. Mm. And, of course, he didn't never scored 10 no. goals for us. Fatty Falks, of course, another one. My hero, we Fatty Falks. Modelled mod my career on him, actually. Right. Yeah. Because we had a kind of... Uh, circus tent approach to <laughs> very it. appropriate with Fatty Falks, <laughs> exactly. really. You know? But we did. We, we the the idea. I mentioned the attendances. That was the whole point. Yeah. Let's let's yeah. create a football club that is going to be loved and is going to draw huge crowds. And the success they expected would come, mm. uh, and it didn't for fifty years. But they always expected it to. And you will often uh, uh, supporters of an. Uh, 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 older supporters always recall, oh, Chelsea were the music hall joke. Literally, there were mu- mm-hmm. comedians in music halls were creating endless jokes about Chelsea. We've always been clickbait as well, you see. There yeah. you go. This it's old-fashioned like, clickbait. The first, remo- the first reported, um, recorded, I should say, joke uh, at Chelsea's expense on a stage in a theatre was Sir George Roby uh, saying that um, he'd only... He, he actually he, he had a charity club and he signed for charity purposes to be a Chelsea player and he used to go on the stage and say I've only signed uh, for Chelsea to keep them in the first division <laughs> and that was 1907 and there were loads of other ones loads of jokes since like uh, you know I see uh, I see uh, there's a joke a Will Hay film Will Hay film where he said, where it comes up and says, "Oh, I see Chelsea won." He said, "They can't have they won last week." <laughs> <laughs> so this was the we were this maddeningly inconsistent yeah. but really attractive club to go and watch and you'd get people rolling out of the Chelsea Arts Club to go and, and watch Chelsea and you'd get uh, Costa Mungers going to watch Chelsea. It was a broad church. A lot of the armed forces, Entertainment. We were part of the entertainment yeah. industry. That's that unbelievable the how you have the, the, the first recorded joke in 1907. <laughs> yes. Absolutely incredible. See, I always thought, I never realised that George Roby was a real person. I always thought it was just a pub. <laughs> yeah, with bands that used to have great bands. That's near where I'm from, Finsbury Park. The, the theme here, isn't it? Are you bring it back to, to a I'm pub. I'm an alcoholic, you dar, mate. <laughs> Proud of it. I'm going to get. I'm going to get a T-shirt made this year with that on. I think. Drink responsibly, the thing everybody. Is, the thing, <laughs> not like me. <laughs> the thing is, though, Jake. Even though we were not successful. We were not that unsuccessful. We were mostly in the first division. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it wasn't until the 80s, uh, and we were in Division 2, where those were our four lowest recorded mm. finishes were, rec- were between 1975 and 1983. So actually, it was all working. We bad, were a yeah. commercial success, mm. and the crowds were coming, and they didn't care. And of course, we, you know, we won the league in 55 for the first time. But so... It, all in all, it was a good. It was working as a project. Uh, that's a really, really good point because you see, this is always you know levelled at Chelsea by you know opposition fans. Of course, as you you would a expect and actually heartily encourage. Mm. If, if football isn't about that, then you just clearly don't get it. Mm. But it, it's all about well, you never had any people turning up to see you. You you had like third 8, division 000, attendances, yeah, yeah. you know, in the eighties and. You were rubbish, and you really, yeah. But you know, we we had lower attendances at home than we took away in the eighties. Yeah, you know, and there was a really good reason for that. Let's not get into that now. Mm. But you know, it, it was such a short sp- period of time when you t- look at the whole, the bigger picture. I think the, great, the problem that we have, yeah. the problem, sorry, Rick, the problem mm. we have is that unlike a lot of the other clubs who do dig us out, and we like to dig them out, is that we never back that up by winning silverware consistently. That's where we fell down, and that thankfully. Yeah has all changed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to talk about um, kind of personal favourites. We'll do, do Frank and the equivalents in a moment. Has there been a particular star, legend, that has gone on then to, to manage the club with any degree of success? But, but Rick, I want to talk about my personal favourites. You know, a, a proper kind of quirky story, not necessarily a legend, but for someone that just stands out in history as, as someone that will always stick out in your mind, maybe an interesting story. Sorry if I've, if I've put you on the spot a little no, bit here no, with this I'm one. I'm just trying to think. There are there are so many. I'm trying mm. to think of. I mean, um, it's, it's interesting. I spend a lot of time, obviously, talking to past players, and if you talk to uh, the ones I, the oldest ones I spoke to, they all picked out um, the same people. They'd say like um, Vivian Woodward, Hugh Gallagher. These are all pre pre war ones. Um, Tommy Lawton, um, Roy Bentley, uh, but the the per- there is the ones that stick out for me are the really kind of quirky uh, ones, and I think 
like Ben Howard Baker, who is a um, uh, an amateur goalkeeper, played for Corinthian Casuals, um, and he used to hyphenate his surname, even though it wasn't Howard was not part of his surname <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> he was um, he's was a high jumper, and he set the English record for high jump at Stamford Bridge um, as a goalkeeper. And his party trick. Uh, well, he had two party tricks. One was that he used to kick the bulbs out of train carriage uh, lamps. So in the ceiling, he used to jump up and kick the bulb out. Could you imagine how annoying that would be? Yeah. Not, not <laughs> much quite fun impressive of a Chelsea party special. Trick, at the sure. same time, quite impressive. And the other one was that he used to, as a goalkeeper at Chelsea, and uh, we're talking about the 1920s, he would bounce the ball around when he had possession of the ball. He'd bounce the ball around in the area like a basketball player, while a Chelsea director, because the Chelsea director used to pick the team and direct a lot of this stuff, stood on the uh, uh, on the sideline with a loud hailer, telling players where, where to go <laughs> and what to do. <laughs> yeah. ben, that, that bloke now sits in Gate Seventeen. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I was say, with his megaphone. <laughs> we all need. We're all loud hailers. We now, do. Aren't we? Some of us don't need it, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rick, so let, let's bring it back to, to Frank. Mm. We all know his, his status as a, as a player. Now moving on into management, has it been done before? And if so, with any kind of degree of success? Well, we've had player managers. Yeah. Um, I think we've had more player managers than yeah. any other team. In fact, our first one, Jackie Robertson, in 1905, was a player manager. Um, he didn't have a great deal of success. I think Glenn Hoddle, you'd look at. If you were going to look at equivalents... You know, when has this kind of thing happened before? I think you could look at um, Tommy Doherty in '63 uh, um, because he was a young player who surrounded himself with all these homegrowns. So there's a kind of s- yeah. similar thing there. I think you could look at Glenn Hoddle in '93 uh, and um, he wanted to change the style of football that Chelsea were playing because we'd lost our way for 15 years or something like that. Uh, and I think you'd, again, you'd look at 2004 Mourinho when we went from being this kind of um, spasmodic uh, recruitments that we'd we'd had and a succession of managers who weren't quite ready to take us onto the next level. And then we, uh, uh, and Mourinho brought that in. Um, but in terms of a past player, we haven't had... We haven't had that kind of thing, you know. We this, but it's I think unprecedented. Well, there's one that I referred to a couple of weeks ago, writing about this before Frank was, you know, appointed. But of course, you know, we were just waiting another 48 mm. hours at the time. <laughs> every 48 hours, yeah. weren't we? Eddie McCready. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, no, sorry, yes, because okay. I think Absolute, I, yeah. absolutely right, and there is a parallel massive, there, massive parallels there, there I think. because of the. Uh, Again, uh, a situation out of our, our yeah. out of our control. Um, he took over towards the end of uh, a, a season when we were going to get relegated in '75. I mentioned it earlier. This is the this was the beginning of a really bad period yeah, yeah, yeah. for the club. That's where the parallel ends. <laughs> <laughs> like, we we hope, but we, hope. we had to we had to fall back on a talented mm. crew. I think Doherty, uh, the the talent was more like now, was bursting out. It was saying, you've got to play us. Mm. With, uh, 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 under Eddie McCready, it was more of a kind of, well, we have to play them because we can't afford to buy anyone. Yeah. And there were some great talents that came through there Ray and Wilkins. did well. Yeah, and you know, lots of lots of fantastic players that came through and did well at our club or had careers at, uh, at other teams. So, no, you're, uh, yeah, there was a big oversight of mine. You're right, yeah. When you, we were talking about this in the pub earlier, funny enough, but I'm, I'm with you totally on the, on the Tommy Doherty one because, of course, what happened with Tommy Doc is that, I mean, he was playing for us, wasn't he, in the, mm. a few years before he became manager. But, you know, in that period, we lost uh, Jimmy Greaves, who was our Just greatest, he arrived, yeah, greatest yeah, yeah. player, Hazard. Yeah. Yeah. for example yeah. um, we had a whole group of young talented players that just won the FA Youth t- Cup for the first time absolutely twice yes yeah. and, Un- undeniable talent yeah. and and that whole championship winning squad of 55 Drake's years was you know beginning to retire the, and moving away still yeah absolutely right yeah. and if you I mean you reel off that the talent Venables Bridges Tambling who was our record goal scorer mm-hmm. until Frank Lampard and then you know Hollins. Harris Hollins Benetti I mean what a you know yeah. these aren't you know they 
the fact that they came came through our youth system is it, it, it doesn't matter. It's the fact they were undeniable talents who played for their country and mm. and Marvin Hinton. Marvin Hinton. I mean, there's just so many yeah, of there them. There are. Yeah. Oh, and he made the '66 World Cup squad. Didn't but he, the Marvin? point was that they had to. It wasn't like. Uh, you know, you didn't have to buy anyone because they were yeah, so good. Uh, so I think that's where the parallels are. Yeah, I think there are. Okay, uh, guys, we need to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to speak to a friend of the show, aren't we? Um, good friend of yours and and, and, and Rick's and Rick's yeah. and a legend, a legend of Chelsea. <laughs> it's quite quite apt. He's going to be the legend of the week. I'll let you know who it is now. It's Paul Canavill. We'll be speaking to him next on the Chelsea Fan Show. <laughs> For the fans, by the fans, love sport radio. Now, I did tease um, the, the Chelsea legend, uh, Paul Canavill, was, was, was coming on to the show. Apologies, uh, my fault. He is not coming on um, the show. He's been on many, many times before. Yes. Uh, we are and we'll instead, be again. Yes, of course. Yeah, we, we're yeah. instead going to talk about the legend mm. that is Paul, Paul Canavill. Paul would have been panicking if yes. he was listening. Well, no, <laughs> he I, I, hold on, what's I was supposed to be on? <laughs> well, that's what he said. He text, when he saw the tweet that I sent out, he, yeah. he, he jumped to the same conclusion. <laughs> Man, am I supposed to be on today? I can't I remember that. So, no, no, don't. Stand <laughs> easy, Paul. Don't yes. worry. Apologies, uh, my bad. Um, so, why is it, uh, Chidge, that we're, we're picking Paul um, as, as our legend of this okay, week? Well, that, that's a very good reason, really, because I, I you know, I, I, when I have a, like, for example, we had Tim Rolls on last week and we were talking about his excellent forthcoming book, which I know Rick's been a little bit involved with, which is Stanford Bridges Falling Down, available uh, by Crowdfunder <laughs> right now. Soon, yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> that covered the period of time between uh, 71 and 76, really. And I and I felt that it would be appropriate for Tim to to, to choose a, a legend from that era, and we chose Peter Osgood. And similarly, you know, got Rick on. Rick's a special guest tonight, so I said, "Well, Rick, you know, choose whoever you want as long as it's Paul." Ca-. No, I didn't. No, I <laughs> yeah. said, you know, ch- choose whoever said, you like. Paul, Paul will kill options. me if I don't choose. <laughs> well, no, but the thing is, Rick. Rick was. Um, I, I I mean, obviously, I knew Paul as a player, and and I'm just thrilled and delighted that Paul's become a really good friend of mine, largely through doing this show. I mean, I'm blessed, in fact, uh, and. I kind of, you know, before I got to know Paul personally, one of the best books that I had ever read, which, funnily enough, I read uh, on a on a flight from Heathrow to LA, would you believe? And I am a slow reader. I'm like, back, I'm a backwards reader. I would I would be in the corner with the dunce's hat on. I read so slow. It's like an in joke between me and Marco, who also writes lots of books. But I was so engrossed in this book, I read it front, you know, front page to back page on that flight, and I have seldom been moved by a book so much as that I thought I knew who Paul Canaveral was but my god when you read that book you really get an insight into his incredible and moving sometimes tragic life story is and Rick I mean you kind of co-wrote that with Paul didn't you or you no I wrote it you wrote it it was all me (laughs) teasing you no I spent uh, uh, I tracked Paul down and, not not uh, an easy feat, well, met, either, was it? Met met up with him and convinced him that yeah. I was the right person to do it. And then we spent session after session after session discussing his life and and checking the fact checking and everything, and then writing it, showing it to him. And I did a I wasn't happy with the first uh, draft that I did, and did a complete rewrite. Um, actually, my my dad died while I was writing it, and I've got to say, I didn't. I felt well, this is going to sound really terrible, but I didn't feel emotionally equipped to write Paul's story because it's so difficult and harrowing mm. at times. Ultimately, uplifting, um, but I didn't feel I'd had too privileged a life to yeah, write yeah, it until yeah, I yeah. felt that. Depth of adversity. How difficult is that, though, when you're writing it on behalf of, of someone? Because I mean, we see autobiographies and mm. stories about people all the time, but you know, never have I put myself in 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 the in the mind of, of somebody actually having to do that for someone. And when it's, I mean, when it's straightforward or above, when it's just on story, mm. I suppose it, it's more straightforward. But when 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 this is a story with so much involved, I mean, how involved was Paul in that? Was oh, was, he sat along, was he sat alongside you while yeah, doing yeah, it, or, yeah, we or talk- did you sit down and go right and then go? back to him how, how does that how does it work and i didn't write it in front of him like with a quill and a, uh, with a candle and thing <laughs> no, dictating live live on a, on a sofa <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly with, with a, with a megaphone yes. and, and with, with a woman waving a feather bow to, More to ink. In <laughs> no it, um how it worked was that um uh, we would record stuff and we you know i had all the notes and everything and we would record it and then i'd come back and, and reinterpret it to him say 
did you mean this? And, you know, is that a fair way of saying it? And all the time, obviously, what you're doing is you're learning their voice as well. Yeah. Because I, obviously I researched Paul's life a lot. And actually, there are lots of parallels, certainly in kinds of, you know, the, our age and our uh, places that we went to. We went clubbing and all music that we were into and society that we'd... Because Paul's story is about... It's called Black and Blue, by the way. I don't think we mentioned that. Did yet. we not mention no, that? No, I don't think we did. Get it, folks. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's his story. It's a Chelsea story, but it's also a story of England from the 60s mm. through to the 2000s. Um, it's an everyman story, an extraordinary, you know, the, the life he lived, but the, it's an extraordinary one. Just to tell you, this is the story of someone who. He was Chelsea's first black first-team player. He suffered horrendous abuse. Mm. This was terrible. The terraces at Chelsea were terrible at, at this time. Um, we As were they inf- were probably everywhere. Inf- inf- they were, yeah. but but some clubs were worse, and we were one of the clubs that was worse. And, um, yeah, it was bad everywhere. Society was bad yeah. at the time. But as someone, uh, and like Chidge, someone's sensitive to... These things. Uh, it was horrendous to hear the supporters that I love, the club I love, to hear this on the terraces, hooting black players, shouting obscenity, racial obscenities at our own players, uh, as well as uh, it doesn't matter whether they're for us or, or, or the opposition. But And then to have that directed at Paul Canneville and then to see how he was so stoical because he had this dream of being a professional footballer and he withstood all of that. He stood proud. He he uh, never shirked from it and established himself as a player, turned the fans around to the extent that they're singing his name and, you know, he's established himself as a, as a first-team player. And, you know, now if there are moments from his career, he got a hat-trick uh, against Swansea's brilliant performance against Fulham there's an epic look on YouTube at the 4-4 draw in the Milk Cup against uh, Hillsborough Sheffield Wednesday where he was just like the greatest super sub um, ever uh, and then and then of course uh, I think he, he Paul will say that where he felt like he really belonged was when we returned to the first division in 84 and he brilliant he was brilliant against Viv Anderson and um, he felt then he then he belonged. But the thing is, you know, he might not be one of our greatest players. I mean, he played about 103 times, scored yeah, 15, 15 goals. goals. Yeah. But he's arguably one of the most important Chelsea players of all time for because what he did. Because of the legacy. A legacy yeah. and the number of black players we have playing for us now. None of them would have played for us if it hadn't been for Paul and what he stood up to. Yeah, well said. Uh, Legend of the Week, it is uh, Paul Canaville. This has been the Chelsea Fan Show. An absolute pleasure, Rick, to, to meet you this evening, the official Chelsea historian. And as ever... Thank you very Gigi, much for having me. It was good to see you. Um, and I hope you I'll see you very uh, soon indeed. This has been the Chelsea Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.